Takurua Tawera works at Moana House in Dunedin. It's a residential programme that houses adult male offenders who are released from prison and learn how to make the transition back into their communities. Moana House implements Māori values into their programmes. They learn basic level te reo Māori, waiata, and of course Takurua, who has qualifications in addictions and a diploma in psychotherapy, works closely with the residents and his colleagues to work on addiction and behavioural issues. I visited Moana House in Dunedin earlier this year and sat down with Takurua Tawera. We begin our kōrero reminiscing over the first time we spoke. It was over the phone and uh, you were on a bit of a tipi for a very good cause. Um, just recap on what you were doing um, for the White Ribbon campaign. Yeah, we were riding around the country um, um, promoting or encouraging communities um, to make a stand, especially for men, um, and encouraging them to make a stand that violence towards women is not okay. And um, so part of our campaign is that we have message carriers and those message carriers have experiences, uh, either as a victim, a perpetrator, or a family member that has experienced violence or some um, trauma, or and in some cases where death is a result. And so these, uh, we go around the country, um, just promoting the white ribbon campaign, um, but encouraging men really to make a stand, and mm-hmm. uh, for them to actually take a pledge that violence to women is not okay. So I caught up with Takurua when he was on one of his uh, stopovers in, um, I think it was just on the outskirts of uh, Taranaki, and um, with your flash, was it a Harley? No, it wasn't a Harley. Uh, eh? A Boulevard, yeah. Yeah, Boulevard. I remember that because I remember you sent me a photo. It's a green mm. one. Yeah. Yeah, and so which mm. inspired me to find out more about your mahi, hence the reason why I'm in your backyard, so to mm. speak, here in um, Dunedin. So um, first of all, let's start the corridor off properly with you. Please explain, Takurua, where you hail from, your iwi, your hapu, yeah. your marae. Um, I was raised in uh, a small community, Titeko, uh, which is where my mother's whakapapas too. Um, my father, uh, whakapapas to Ratuki, uh, he's Naituhoi, so my mother's uh, Natiawa. Uh, we also spend a lot of time because in those times you know, we, we were very poor, and um, my father and mother had to find employment um, as a means of survival. Uh, then they moved to Tauranga. Uh, you know, the interesting thing about that is that uh, when, when I was raised in Titeko, um, on the Marae, or Māori, and uh, we went to Tauranga, and the first time I seen a Pākehā. Mm. And uh, that astonished me because I was so used to my Māori whānau and... Uh, and, and it's not a put-down of our whānau, but I always remember scraggly hair and clothes that you wear just about for a week and hoop and nose. And uh, so when I went to Tauranga, I saw a different culture and that that astonished me. And then I realised that there was a different culture that lived here other than uh, being in, coming up or braised in a Māori community. How old were you when you...? Uh, I, I would have been about probably seven years old um, it, I think in those times uh, my family struggled and I can always remember uh, living in you know the the boulevard of Mount Manganui uh, never looked like how it is today um, but it used to be tin sheds mm. and we lived in a tin shed there and we had six in our family and uh, so we were raised and my mother and father would 
go and work. My mum, my mum would work at nights as a way of bringing income in, and um, and we just roamed. You know, I, I can always remember just roaming Mount Maunganui. He was going to the beach, getting pippies. Uh, me and my brothers and sisters uh, go fishing oh, yeah. uh, late at night, you know, just by ourselves as kids, and never knew what safety was or, or concern around, you know, as little kids. Uh, roaming around the town, um, I'm probably more conscious now because I'm probably harder on my mukuls and things like that. Takurua's home life was not easy. As a youngster living in Tauranga, he became involved with gangs. Eventually, that would lead to a world of violence, abuse, and court appearances. However, almost 30 years ago, he began to turn his life around. Isn't it amazing how all these years later you can identify that your early life, as a teenager, really? Well, led you really in this type of mahi, which brings us to to your work, um, Takurua. We're here in uh, in Dunedin, as I said earlier in the interview. Um, where are we sitting at the moment? Uh, we're in one of our homes. Um, I'm, I currently work with Moana House. Uh, it's a rehabilitation um, treatment service uh, for men. Um, our referrals come from, uh, and most of them come from uh, prisons. Um, we also Local prisons in, in the South Island or? Um, from all over New Zealand. Oh, really? From Wellington, Christchurch, uh, Milton here. And, and I guess um, we have a strong relationship with Milton Correction Services or Correction Facilities, uh, mainly because um, you know, we, we, we go in there often and look at um, working with some of the inmates in there as a way of just bridging some of the gaps before they come out into community um, or assist them and just see how appropriate they are. Are they ready uh, to come out and begin to work in community? And so um, we're sitting in one of the houses that um, is like a... We've well, got three whare. This house is um, where some of the... Do we call them former inmates or um, former we, prisoners? We, yeah. Or? I mean, categorically, that's what they are, um, but we, we, you know, we call them residents, mainly because you know, we, we see value and mm. um, calling them residents is, is a way of just giving them honour um, but knowing that they're staying in the place that they're residents of the place. But so they've, they've left prison for their um, offending. How does, that, how does that process work, um, Takurua? Yeah, um, well in context to um, if they've been in prison um, they have to go through a process while they're in prison uh, normal criteria to come back into community that accepted by uh, parole board is that they need to um, attend um, a DCU um, educational program. So that's a unit that they have in there. What it does is that it works on the issues that the guys have, um, prepping them so that they can then handle some of those confrontational or even mana'aki processes that... Um, puts them on edge, and so they've got to deal with the emotion and the reaction. Mm. And so when they hear, um, a little bit has that already started. Um, the other things they have to do is, you know, while they're in um, prison, you know, there's that good behaviour stuff that goes on in there. And, um, and, and once they present to the parole board, um, they have allocated case managers, and those case managers make a recommendation about how they progressed while they've been in the units, and if they've, um, you know, been appropriate or they've managed themselves well, um, then we can then pick them up from there. Uh, sometimes it could be, 
you know, when they do go to the parole board, it may mean that they'll be released in maybe a couple of weeks or a month or something like that. So that gives us time to prep um, and have things ready for them when right. they come here uh, to the whare. You said mana, mana aki. What, what is that? Uh, it's about empowering. Um, they have mana. Mm. And the role of uh, the key workers, the clinicians here, all admin, is to empower them um, to see that they have the ability to actually manage and take responsibility for their lives. And so the program is governed around that philosophy, which what we call um, therapeutic communities. Mm. Uh, it just it, it it means that uh, instead of the guys being uh, dependent on key workers, uh, while they're here, they have to drive the program. Um, the key worker is there to just monitor, to ensure that they're on target. Um, but when it comes to being responsible, for instance, like if they have to go to WINS, um, it's their job to pick up the phone. Um, but they have to go through a process to inform their peers that they're um, going to make a phone call to WINS. And what that does is that it enables the group to challenge what are the motives around that. And, and, and that could include a lot of issues that they may want to actually bring up. Um, and so going to WINS is just one, um, maybe a doctor's appointment. Um, and, and that's an interesting one because if guys are drug dependent, going to a doctor could be another access point. Um, so they have to present that to their key worker. Oh, right. And then bring it into a house meeting where the guys then discuss it. And, um, you mean to get access to medication? To get access to medication. I mean, it, it, it may be authentic or genuine. Um, but, but you've got to be really... But you've got to be very careful um, because, um, and I'm not saying all guys, but some guys tend to use um, doctors and pharmacies as a way of accessing medication, as a way of staying, keeping their mind altered. Um, my interview today with you is, is going to be just with you and your perspective of your of your mahi here because um, obviously for for identification reasons we're not going to be talking to any of the of the of, of the men that are in the program. So I attended a, a bit of a mihi whakatau. There were about maybe a dozen or so people, maybe fifteen, um, and we were talking earlier before over a cup of tea that it is government funded the program, but it's very kaupapa Māori. Um, so how does that thread run through the program? Yeah, I think one of the things that um, we, we, you know, one of the things that I'm pretty, um, it's obvious that what I've noted here since being here is that the people that set the kaupapa uh, Māori, um, guys like, um, his name was Takarangi, and um, his then partner at the time before he passed away, Claire Atkins, even though Claire is uh, tawiwi, in her heart and, and, and the thing that drives her is Māori. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's because she lived with someone that inspired her and that brought a little bit more sense to her own philosophy and thinking, um, but gave it that that mana uh, and that Māori that she actually recognised that is intrinsic in all culture. 
given also too is that the leadership um, sees um, in terms of the Chiki of Waitangi, uh, in terms of Naitahu, and um, so she's enabled that um, development and design of the program to ensure that 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 uh, things around the treaty and Naitahu Iwitanga uh, is influenced within the delivery of the program. Right, so it really stemmed from even the even the documentation. I mean, a good example is that when guys first come in, they are in Faka Oho. Uh, it's a term used for guys to discover who they are. Um, once they have transitioned through that, and that may take about at least maybe two, three months, um, then it's time for them to actually then begin to demonstrate some of that awareness stuff. So they move and transition into a new, another stage called uh, Ahuatanga. Um, Ahuatanga then transitions them uh, into taking responsibility a little bit more about what they become aware of. Um, once they've uh, gone through those stages, and there's a number of stages that they have to go through, um, then they can go to moihotanga. Um, moihotanga means that everything that they've learned in the first two stages is now have to be now demonstrated in a way that they can actually now link themselves back into community. Mm. Um, and you know, just a simple thing as going to an AA meeting poses a lot of risk for, for guys. Um, some people might see that as simplistic, but when you're being institutionalised, um, you know you you have a mind that um, sees a community interaction as an opportunity, and in the old school of thinking, uh, to manipulate or to collude uh, or to use what we call entitlement issues that men have, and um, and then fall into those old mindsets and trappings. Yeah. Yeah. So they got to develop and design some really good safety plans just to reintegrate back into community, so that they actually then can see a lot more of what community life is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, then they um, can progress onto what we call manamotu hake, um, which is the last stage. Which on is the last the, stage yeah. of the program, which means that um, in some cases. Uh, they'll be flatting, but they still have a link back to the house. Um, they have to, you know, they'll be working. Um, uh, does the house play a monitoring role in that respect? Once they get to those stages, the house would prefer that the guys take responsibility. Um, there are some conditions when they're there. Um, they have to ensure that um, just because they're involved in an activity, that's the what you're doing. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Which is an easy thing, you know. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. Um, but when made accountable, it's how are you doing that? And that makes a big difference in terms of um, internal. Yeah, because without the how, you don't get to the what, eh? Yeah, yeah. 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 It all works succinctly. Mm. Yeah. Which I, you know, it's the most difficult time um, for men because it means then that they're now totally exposed to. Uh, what community is about now? Whether it's good or bad, um, they still got to live in there. And when they're in in group, um, they confront each other, and that duplicates what it's going to be like when they're out in the community because they're going to get confronted by, uh, and if I can use this phrase, by someone who just wants to pick on someone, and they got to manage that, you know. And, and whether whether it's it's someone else's fault or not, they still got to manage that because otherwise. 
if they take it into the old thinking, then they could end up back in court, um, back in jail, and then the recycle goes on. And they've got to manage not meeting old friends and people mm. of their past out on the street, maybe. It's it's a yeah, and that's part of their safety plan. Um, you know, they 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 have to be conscious that they will bump into some of the old peers. It, it's what do they do? Uh, and we don't you know we don't sort of say to them, well, jump on the other side of the road and ignore it because you can't do that all your life. You know, you, that's true. Uh, yes. And you've got to manage those, and so it could be about how do you interact and then keep it brief, um, and then move on. Mm. Um, but do it in a way that. They mimic, you know, the mana aki. They they don't just go out there and say, "Oh, you've been the problem of my life, and I'm going to avoid you." Um, but they may mana aki, you know, just empower the person and say, "Thanks for the conversation. I really enjoyed that, but I need to move on now. So I've got an appointment I've got to get to." I've just clicked that. You're talking about manaki, like yeah. the way that I'm. I'm like mana aki. Oh, manaki. But you're <laughs> using it as a mana aki. Mana aki. In terms of, um, I mean, those stages, those different um, levels, or I'm thinking of potama actually, those different levels are all intrinsic of, of implementing, you know, fakaro and henengaro Māori. Um, but it's, it's it's as simple as um, learning waiata, learning karakia, which I experienced this morning in the mihi whakatau. Can you tell us more about how you um, identified different, um, some of the men who have different talents? Yeah. And that's part of your, your mahi as well. Most of the guys come in here with tongas. Yeah, they they have bookiness inside them that uh, they learn from their childhood or even in their current you know life and you know, even, even though they end up in court they end up in prisons um, you know they're still people and it's just their behaviour that's not appropriate and so they've learnt a lot of things and so when when some guys come in here and you know guys already been to kapahaka you know they were raised in it. Even when they're in prison, you know, they get together, sing waiatas and things like that as a way of, um, you know, whakawatea, you know, they're, they're, they're modi. And they, um, you know, they, they, they really know things. And so, you know, I, I, I love it when they come in here and, and you can actually see some of those bukinas inside them or those tongas and, and help them manage that so that um, they can see it as a strength. I, I guess, you know, the issues that can arise out of those is that um, they're so used to um, having those gifts that sometimes could be they could end up in conflict or power with others that have the same gift. I, either they will stand up and take responsibility or they'll shy away because it's causing a little bit of tension around and causing conflict, so the easiest way is to withdraw. And so part of the, the process here is that once you've identified those things is to give them a little bit of... Um, what we call uh, empowerment. Um, so for someone like myself, um, I can, you know, set a kaupapa up or a chikana up and, um, or, or a kaichakitanga and just say to uh, a resident that says, hey, um, it, it, it seems like you've got some really awesome gifts um, and it looks like that you want to actually teach and bring it out to the guys. Uh, what I'm going to suggest to you is that I will inform the, the the residents that you're going to be put in this role and that it's a modi or a mana that's going to be given to you so that they all know that you're not just here because of your own ego it's because I've asked you or the whare has encouraged you to actually take a role and so they get that um, I can always turn around and go uh, that's not the all here 
he's been given the, the mantle and the mana to take this part, and he has my endorsement. And, and the guys accept that. And so, it, and, and that can only be done in the culture groups. It can't be done in our psychotherapy group. Mm. Um, but what it does do is that um, it enables the guys to and, um, learn how to facilitate, how to deal with emotions when they take leadership roles. Is there an element of fear in your work at all, Takurua? Or have, do they well, it's probably more awe. More awe. More awe. Awe. You know, like um, Fiate, is that the a... awe is um, when you see something, you, you, you see it in such magnitude that you dare not want to make a mistake. So there's an element of that type of fear, you know, that there's a responsibility and an awe around just the genuineness and the gift that is around us or the tongas that are around us. Um, I, I, um, I guess um, I've been a clinician for about 28 years yeah, now. Yeah, I, so, I was going to say. You, know, you sort of work with some of your own emotional limitations, and it doesn't mean that they're totally worked with, but it, it means that you encounter things all the time, and at the end of the day, you've got to manage that. And so it's transferred onto the, the residents, um, but done it in the best way that they can manage it. you go home at the end of the day, do you sort of leave work where work stays or do you have it always oh, on yeah. your mind? Or? Yeah, you can leave it leave it behind. I mean, because i got more important things to do at home as well. You know, <laughs> i got my moko, <laughs> yes. i got my wife. You know, <laughs> and, and for me personally, the key thing to um, working in the field and um, having a bit of a balance in life is knowing that your first priority is to your wife. If you don't provide that stability or security or even leadership, um, it means then you start searching for other um, types of belongings, you know. So your wife has to be the number one. I mean, uh, my moko and my kids love them dearly. My daughter loved them dearly. But they're going to leave home one day, and the only one that's left at home is my wife. So I've got to continue maintaining that relationship, you know. And f- from a personal perspective, if you don't have that right, um, it, it will tell when you go around carrying a message. So that's why I wear it on the white ribbon because my wife comes with me. Well, she, oh, she's yeah. at the back of you on, yeah. on your bike. Too, or no, does she have your own bike? No, she rides on the back. Yeah. yeah. So she's there, you know, checking me out, you know, telling, you know, <laughs> checking out if I'm telling rukahus or, 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 or um, exaggerating, you know, situations. And, and people see, they see what they see. So if they hear about a couple, they now see the couple. Um, what I learned, though, over the 28 years is that uh, what needs to be a week to get over, uh, you can have a little bit of a, a, a grumpy moment or a bit of what we call a mood, <laughs> and, uh, and you can go away and have a cup of tea and say, oh, you want a cup of tea too? You know, in your 28 years of doing this work, has it mostly been with prisoners or not as... Um, there were times when I was with, uh, it's, you know, I worked with an organisation that worked with families. Um, so it, all, it has always been around health, uh, oh, mental okay. illnesses. Mental um, illnesses. There's been times when it's about facilitating family dynamics. Yep. Um, anger management stuff. Counselling? Uh, Counselling. Right. Um, I'm a qualified psychotherapist, so, um, it, it, it's, it's a place that, you can work with the mind, and I love it because I believe our tohungas were the same, or our rangatiras, or even our nannies. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, 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 um, 
if I can say, the um, the ability to basically see things and then facilitate it. I mean, it's easy to see things. Eh? It's, I mean, you can see when things are not going right. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. Um, but to try and bring it together and facilitate movement and that, that requires a little bit more technique and mm. skill. Mm. And, and, and so I, you know, over the years I enjoyed that part of life, you know, it's just talking with guy, and even if it means to be a little bit abstract, yeah, um, talk metaphoric, um, <laughs> yeah. So, and the guys love it too, you know, because yeah. um, I think, you know, the the guys don't um, have a good articulation of language. Uh, all they all they can say is, "I'm in the dark place," or um, "I'm not in good space." You have to interpret what they say. Um, but when you can get guys to articulate what the dark place really means and give it a substance of wording or terminology, then it, it helps them actually unpack and see that what they are feeling is not a dark place. What they are feeling is that they're feeling depressed or um, they're feeling grieved or they're feeling angry. And then they can then take steps to actually then track it. Thank you. Moana House. Um, here in Dunedin, um, no Nazi awa me nai tu hoi tenarawa tu kwe motokoriro. Ai, pai no kwe. Kero kwe.